Thank you, Pastor Daniel. And with the highest honor, I'm standing here in this multiracial, multicultural, and a diverse church. And so great to see many of you today in the house of God. Greetings and respect to the Lord Mayor and Mayoress and the respected council members and all of you dignitaries and every one of you brothers and sisters in the family of God. And thanks to Pastor Daniel and our moderator sister who has arranged this thing um, such a wonderful way internationally connecting together in the house of God. I believe in becoming part of a family where I am valued, I'm welcomed, I'm recognized. And that's what church is all about, isn't it? For many people, church is boring. And, but for us, as our honorable mayor has said, we can dance, we can smile, we can talk. You know, we don't have to be stiff in one place. We don't have to even sleep in the church. We can just rejoice in the Lord and just praise God for this wonderful congregation today. I wanted to begin this short session, which uh, I have before you, by reading a portion from God's word. It is found in second, uh, sorry, Ephesians, the letter to Ephesians by Paul, chapter 2, verses 14 to 22. I'll read as quick as I can. Ephesians 2, 14 onwards. For he himself, talking about Christ, is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Verse 17, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off, far off and to those who were near. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Can we say amen to God's word? When I read the scripture time and time again, I read it and I see the blending together of people from different races, cultures, you know, creeds, and they're all coming together under one head called Jesus Christ. What a diversity we see in this church here today. And in the midst of the differences and the diversities we reflect here, we have something called the unity that is because of the cross. I lift up the cross today and say thank you for the cross that you brought us together in the house of God. Today, as we celebrate the International Day in this church, and as we speak to the people, those who are here and those who are watching us online, I want to first of all start with four different kinds of 
groups or people you can see in the world. The first one, we call them insular people. They're very inward-looking, narrow-minded, and self-centered. Now speak to yourself, speak to your families, speak to the group you come from. Am I an insular person? You will not connect with many people. The second one is interactive. They will speak to somebody, but limited. They'll go some miles ahead of them, but they will be limited and they will not expose uh, too much of themselves. They will communicate and cooperate, but with the limited. The third one, which I like, according to John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse number 14, that's where this word comes from, incarnational. Incarnational means stepping out from your own position, your own privileges, and stepping out into somebody else's putting in somebody else's shoes and feeling what they are feeling. Jesus, this is what he did. He emptied himself from all the heavenly glories and he became like one of us. John says in chapter 1 verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father. What a joy it is to know, not only at Christmas time, that the word has become flesh. And the fourth one, I call it international. Now, once you become incarnational, and that is intentionally you do it, you will become international. Jesus was God's own son, born in a Jewish culture, Jewish family. But Jesus was not for Jews alone. He was international. And we will come to see that as I go through today. So the international group of people are outward looking. They have a global perspective and they are engaging and they are willing to sacrifice their own pride and their own um, ethnic uh, privileges or something they hold so close to them. They say, well, for the sake of Christ, I'm willing to sacrifice. They will be international. You know, some of us have difficulty in relating to people of other color, other culture, or other language. You know, when people speak other languages other than English, some of us, we get, you know, what in the world is happening? But do you know, the world has become a global village now. Portsmouth, in Portsmouth, English is not the only language spoken. There was one um, census taken quite a few years ago I forgot when it was. It says in London City alone, more than 300 languages are spoken. English is just one of the languages. Can you imagine, especially those who are you know, indigenous and those who were born and brought up and part and parcel of United Kingdom, what in the world is happening? Well, this is what kingdom is all about. We are already an international church. And I pray that Pastor Daniel and the leadership of the church, you will keep it as it is so that God's kingdom will be built in a mighty way. Then I want to move on and say everything we hear nowadays is global. Everything is global. We hear about global economy and global warming. We hear a lot about global warming. And they even say you are the reason, I am the reason for the global warming. And the global pandemic. Pandemic sort of brought us together, didn't it, in some way? Because it was not only in China 
or in India or in, in some of the countries. It's all over the world. And that's global pandemic. Now we see, uh, I want you to think about the following things I'm going to share here today. When we think about international, global, we must remember we have to look beyond our circumstances, beyond the neighborhood, beyond our culture, beyond our language, beyond our ethnicity, beyond the creeds and beyond what we hold so close to our hearts. First of all, God himself is global. Any amen for that? Amen. Mm, we say, my God, that's fine. He's personal. But God, you know, is, is a global God. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17, verses 24 to 30, when you read at home, the Apostle Paul is preaching in Athens. And he gave a wonderful message about this God who is global. He is not, you know, um, stay, staying in one little corner of the world or in one temple or a church or a gurdwara or a mosque. He is global. He is everywhere. He is incomprehensible. He is eternal. At the same time, he is so close to us. And God is the creator of the world, Paul said. He is Lord of heaven and earth. He's the giver of life and, uh, he, and life and breath and all things comes from him. He made every nation. Can you all say every nation? Every. He made every nation from one blood. Could you repeat that to me? One blood? Well, we are all blood brothers and blood sisters. Did you know that? Because of the cross, we are brought together and we are under the headship of Jesus that blood still speaks far and wide and brings us closer to each other. Those who seek him can be found. That this global God is not wandering here and there. If you seek him, you can be found. And he's so close to you. He's not far from us, Paul says. And But one day he will judge the world in righteousness. So God is global. So when you talk about international, we have to say, my God our God, the God whom we serve, himself is international. He is globally um, visiting. He is globally present at the same time. Is, um, I can access to him at any time, at any place. The second thing I want to emphasize today is this. The gospel is global. Christmas time, we read the scripture in Luke's gospel, chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. I love Christmas. It's coming uh, very close to us. You know, remember the angels came and announced. And what did they say? Today in the city of David, a savior is born. He didn't say a doctor is born. He didn't say a computer technologist is born. He said a savior is born. That's what the world needs, a savior. But do you know, just before he said that, the angels said a very interesting, wonderful a statement. He said, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be, he didn't say to the Palestinians. He didn't say just for the British. He didn't say just for the Chinese. He said, I bring you good tidings of great joy to all people everywhere. That's what we believe, that the gospel is also global. And you continue to read in Luke's gospel chapter 2, Verses 30 to 32, prophetically, Simeon, when he took the baby Jesus in his arms, and he said some very wonderful prophetical utterances. 
is that God's salvation is prepared for all people. Then he said, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. So it's going outside of the immediate Jewish community. Going to Luke's gospel, chapter 24, verses uh, 47, at the end of the gospel of Luke, Paul, uh, uh, Luke clearly says the gospel is not to be prepared or preached or proclaimed in one local area or in a regional uh, uh, kind of circumstance. He said that repentance and remission of sins be preached in, his, in Christ's name to all nations. Now that's where the gospel came to my country. I originally come from India. The gospel came to my part of India um, according to some traditions in AD 52 that Thomas, the apostle of Je one of the apostles of Jesus, came all the way to India, and he was martyred there in a place called Chennai or Madras. There are still some, uh, uh, some relevance to that, and some relics are kept there in remembrance of uh, Thomas, the apostle. Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 1, verse number 16, the gospel is the power of God for salvation for everyone. There we are. That makes us global. That makes us international for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. If it had said only for the Jews, or if it had said first come, first served, I wouldn't be there. Because I'm not a Jew, and I'm not a good runner, I'm not a good listener like some of you are. But thank God it says everyone who believes, and you are in it, and thank God for the opportunity to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the gospel is international. It is global. Then moving on, the, that is a, the search which from God is doing, it is a global search. You know, some people, they look for the spotted sheep. Those, do you speak my language? Then come to my church. Don't ask me where or when, where it is. In the United Kingdom, I know of a church. Sorry to say that. They have printed some leaflets, and they make it specially for their own people only. And they go out into the public, and with their group of people, and they give it to people and say, you know, this is the gospel. But they do something else. Are you from my country? Then you can have one. Whoa, discrimination. That's not the gospel. They look for the spotted sheep so that they can have their wonderful time. Pastor Daniel, I'm so honored to look at this audience, your brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters, to see that we are fellowshipping, we are engaging to each other and worshiping the one true God in the spirit of unity. Amen. John chapter 10, verse number 16. You look at the global search I'm talking about. God is searching for everyone. Remember Jesus said, other sheep which are not of this fold I have, I have to bring them as well. As a pastor myself for the last 47 years, I am always looking for people, not just like me. I don't mind people like me coming into my church, but I look for other kinds of people. I look for people who are lonely and lost and, you know, those who are different from me because I like a rainbow church. A colorful church. That's what God is pleased with. Luke's gospel, chapter 19, verse number 10. That wonderful statement. 
where Jesus, when he went to Zacchaeus' house, when he repented of his sins and when he got in the presence of Jesus, the Lord made a wonderful statement. What did he say? The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. So that which is lost and that which is uh, outside of the fold, globally, God is searching for the such sheep. Then to come to the famous statement Jesus made just before his uh, ascension to heaven, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and Mark 16, 15 and 16. He was saying, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, making them not converts, making them disciples. Conversion is not our job. Discipleship is our job, but conversion is the job of the Holy Spirit. He does the conversion, but we as church groups, we disciple them, help them to grow in Christ. So we see the statement which uh, Jesus made is very powerful into all the world, into all the ethnic areas and religious uh, systems and you know, uh, pagan systems and modern systems, any systems of the world, that kind of world we have to penetrate into. And I'm sure CLC is already doing it and continue to do it. Going beyond the local, going beyond the regional and the national boundaries in search of people who are in need. We are not, we should never be limited in our vision. And Jesus had the vision for all, <coughs> pardon me, for all people everywhere. Then the appeal of the gospel is not for one group or one nation or one color or one language. Look at that famous scripture. Most of you know by heart, John 3.16. That scripture is soaked in love. If you can quote with me, please join with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, sorry, I'm still King James, if you are not. I'm an old-fashioned man. I still carry my Bible. I have my mobile bats in the bag, but, you know, I love, I'm not against mobile phones, and, but I happen to be an old-fashioned guy. <laughs> See, in that scripture, John 3, 16, we see the greatest love you can see. Agape, unconditional. Love without any limitation or any hesitation. God so loved you. My friends, if it is the first time you're coming to church, can I tell you, whether you come back or not, God loves you the way you are. Just the way you are. But he doesn't want to leave you the way you are. He wants to come and talk to you, help you, you know, to heal you, to give you joy and happiness and the permanency of love inside of you. That's what he wants to do. And you can see the greatest giver in that scripture. You can see the greatest gift, which is his only begotten son. God had only one son, and he became a missionary, and he became a man. Then what really struck me in that scripture is, the greatest offer there is that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank God for this international day. 
that it is not just for the people in Portsmouth only. It's for people who come from any part of the world. Those are listening to us through live stream, if you are. It's for you as well. It's for me as well. Whosoever exercise the faith. Jesus, you are the Savior. The greatest gift is given by you by giving yourself. And you are my Lord and my Savior. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 22. In the Old Testament, there is a powerful scripture where God says, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. Now you look at Portsmouth. The ends of the earth have come to Portsmouth. Am I right? Your next door neighbor is not going to be a Caucasian or an Indian or a Nigerian. It's going to be different kinds of people. And that's the world has come to. See, instead of going into the ends of the earth, the ends of the earth have come to Portsmouth. What an opportunity you have. That's what I say, you know. We don't have to take, uh, book the ticket and uh, fly, fly into some foreign countries and preach the gospel because you're already here. In Portsmouth, Pastor Daniel was telling me, there are hundreds and thousands of students from international, uh, international areas. And you equip them and you teach them, give them the gospel, and wherever they go, and they will be able to share the gospel. Let me move on quickly. First Timothy chapter 2, verse number 4. Who desires, God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of salvation. There is no exception. God desires everyone internationally, globally, come to him and accept the offer of salvation. Then there's the global harvest I talk about. Matthew 24, verse 14 says, The gospel shall be preached in all the world as a witness and a great harvest of souls will be gathered. Now the gospel has, is being preached. Gospel is accepted some places, rejected some places. And gospel is converting or transforming lives. Some places, some people are just postponing it. But our duty as a church, if you are a Christian, the next unsaved person you will see is your mission field. You don't have to go to somewhere else. Oh, that's a place I have to go. This is a place I have to go. A lot of uh, non-believers. No, no, no. The next unsaved person you will see on the street is your mission field. What an opportunity is there. Now we see Matthew 9.37. I love that scripture. When Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. And I did a little study on that scripture. And the Greek form really goes into, and in the depth of the meaning, it says that when Jesus saw the multitudes, his diaphragm almost moved. Now sometimes you are emotionally so taken up, you know, your diaphragm is moving and you're breathless sometimes. That's what happened to Jesus. That's the meaning of the term. When Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. God wants CLC to be a church that will be moved with compassion. Because you are the arms and the eyes and the feet of Jesus in Portsmouth, along with other churches in this community. Then he challenged the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And that is key challenge for all of us. In John chapter 4, that wonderful story of the Samaritan woman meeting Jesus. 
and how she left her water pot and she ran to the city and told everyone. In the meantime, Jesus was entertaining. Jesus was talking to his disciples in John chapter 4, 35 to 38. He said something very important and challenging for us as well. Lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They're already white for harvest. Portsmouth is ready for harvest. Then I want to conclude by saying one more thing. There is a global connection made because of Christ's coming. The word church in Greek terms is ecclesia. Ecclesia is the called out ones from the community to be a special group of people to declare the praises of God. This is God's ecclesia in Portsmouth. And God has not only called you out, but he has commissioned you to be his man, his woman, his boy, his girl, to be active in this community. Making the internationals of our community to join with us, to connect with them, to engage with them is our duty. They are at our disposal. We can do, to, we can do one thing or the other. Either we can invite them, you're welcome in this church. Or you can say, well, wait a minute, what's your name? What's your color? What's your creed? You know, which part of the world you come from? Mm -mm, let me think about it. No, that's not church. And I see, when I came into this church, I saw warm welcome. And I feel at home. You know, you don't get that in any, many places. But thank God for the welcome you offered to me and my colleagues here. Then let me just conclude by saying this. Church is called to think globally and act locally. We have to think globally, but act locally. Sometimes we're always over there, you know, over here and there, but we don't do anything locally. But this is a good example. We have to do something locally. Now, it, the church is called the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Jesus said that in Matthew 5, 13, 14. The middle wall of separation is broken down. Did you know that? The wall has tumbled down. It has been broken down between Jew and Gentile, between Caucasians and Asians and Africans and, you know, you name it. Whoever we are, our ethnic ident identity, that's been broken down. We are made as one in the family of God. I remember this statement made by somebody, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. Let me say it again. At the foot of the cross, the ground is level. There is no high, there is no low. There is no rich, there is no poor. There is no international, there is no national. We are all same before Christ. Divisions and distances are done away at the cross when Christ died to reconcile man to God and man to man. Jesus predicted and he challenged that the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are as I conclude my talk here, I want to leave these four things with you. The love of God is global. God loves you, no matter who you are, where you are, regardless of your color, your creed, your context, your culture, your country, language, ethnic background, and gender. God loves you just the way you are. Secondly, the purpose God 
of God for you and the purpose that he loves you is that it is so personal that you can respond back to him. He is seriously interested in connecting with you. Did you know that? He is seriously interested in connecting with each one of you. Thank God he's connected with me when I was a young person. Thirdly, today, this loving God is here to heal the brokenhearted, the isolated, the neglected, the marginalized, abused, disconnected, depressed, and hopeless, even homeless, whoever you are, God wants to connect with you. And the way God connects with you, if you are in this area, through this church, Portsmouth, CLC Church, is the connecting agent for you. And finally, will you reach out to him today? Will you say, Lord, I felt different. When I came to this international day of the CLC Church, I feel your spirit in this place. I feel a call of God coming into this place for me. Lord, thank you that you came to this earth that you died on the cross for me and you're buried and you rose again from the dead on the third day. It is for me you done it. Well, I feel lonely. I feel disconnected. I feel marginalized. I feel depressed. I have no one to connect to you. Connect with the Lord. But today, coming to CLC in this meeting, I want to connect with you, Lord. Help me, Lord, today. Would you bow your heads? for a moment, for a quiet prayer before I hand over the mic. Lord, I thank you that you became international and global so that I can have hope. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for connecting me, connecting me with the cross. Thank you, Lord, for connecting me with the people of God. I love you, Lord. I want to come back to you, Lord. Restore me. Renew me. Thank you, Master. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. God bless you all.